Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young. And uh, today, Adam and I welcome a uh, very special guest. Uh, although, Chris, you've been on before a couple of times. So, uh, Chris Watkins, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing well, you know, ducking. Uh, let's see, I've already vanquished the the least fans uh, uh, from my Twitter <laughs> timeline. Um, I'm just clearing out some, some Rangers, uh, you know, uh, Float some and jet some, just uh, <laughs> still hanging around. And then we'll see if we'll see where it goes next. But uh, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And um, Adam, uh, we're back again. Uh, we've actually been uh, we've we've been we've been together more more often than not. But uh, how are you doing right now? Oh, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm trying to put in you know as much effort into this podcast, if not more, than the Capitals put into those round robin games. Well, that would not be hard. <laughs> they uh, seemed like they were sleepwalking um, more more than they weren't. Although that I think was a theme of the round robin that we'll get into a little bit. But uh, I guess like Chris, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you've watched a decent amount of these games. We all have. Um, Let's kind of just do a debrief of, I guess, what is kind of the first round. Um, I guess kind of not. I still don't really know what to call it. I guess the qualifiers is fine. Uh, we had some, I, I would say we had some really good series, but one only like really kind of classic one. But I don't know, what were your kind of thoughts on like the quality of play and the atmosphere and all that? Like kind of just general takes on everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, so my general take on uh, uh, NHL and particularly in the playoffs is that like you know I, I'm a big basketball fan uh, but I tried to split uh, my time 50-50 between hockey and, and the NBA um, and what I say about hockey is that like I can rarely tell about the quality of a game uh, yeah. like a good game and a bad game really don't register as well to me unless it's the playoffs just because of the emotion of the crowd you know the players play with a little bit more physicality um, and, and you can see just with the overall intensity of the game. And so I think that did carry through um, in, the, in this playing round. Uh, but I do think the lack of the crowd obviously made a big difference because you don't have people, you know, big on the glass. You don't have people booing the refs for bad calls. You know, you don't have, you know, the derisive chance for the goalie when he lets in a soft goal like, uh, yeah. like Anderson did yesterday. Against, uh, oh, Crosby. what a rough <laughs> goal. Oh. You know, just missing, just missing those opportunities, I uh, sort of uh, sort of uh, let the air out a bit. But with that being said, I, I mean, the players can play. You know, I don't think there was any outside of the round robin, which obviously we'll get into. I, I don't think the intensity was any less. And I will say, you know, definitely some of the series uh, – probably one we're going to talk about a lot, which is the Blue Jackets and Leaf series. Definitely had a lot of intensity, a lot of good moments. Um, even the the Blackhawks-Edmonton uh, series, which I was actively rooting against my own team for, for obvious reasons. I was unsuccessful the there. Of, <laughs> I, was, well, yeah, I was on the edge of my seat hoping that we would lose and, and, and somehow kept you know pulling it out. I was like, damn it. To, uh, but, too. Yeah. They really tried to, I think, at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but no, I think I, I think the intensity was there. I think you know teams played well. Uh, a lot of young players stepping up. Uh, a lot of old teams getting exposed. Uh, so you know uh, exactly what you expect from playoff hockey. But uh, you know probably seven out of ten uh, uh, in my in my eyes. Seven out of 
seven out of ten. That's a pretty good score. Uh, Adam, I know that we've we've discussed this a little bit, but uh, where, where where are you at on these on these qualifying series? Have you uh, kind of kind of enjoyed watching everything so far? I really really enjoyed watching them. Um, it was great to have hockey on. You know, pretty much all day every day. Yes. Which was, was was really nice. It was like you got to binge after not having it for so long. Um, a lot of the series I did find really enjoyable. Um, there were a couple round robin games here and there that I thought were, were pretty good games. Um, but all, all in all, um, you know, I definitely think the kind of watching Toronto and, and Columbus that was a great series. And um, actually. I did enjoy watching the Edmonton series as well, just because of kind of some of the speed and skill we got to see on display from the team that lost. So really, it was had their own way a little bit there. Yeah. You know, you got to feel kind of bad for, for a guy like Connor McDavid, uh, you know, one of the best talents in the world, if not the best talent. And he just can't get his legs under him. Uh, Cause the, well, that's not, not that it's him, that the team isn't able to support him. And, uh, you want to see these top tier talents uh, progress in their career and be able to win. So, um, and and as Chris kind of already talked about, you know, you can everything's more magnified in the playoffs. The emotion of the of the players, the emotions of the fans, and the quality of play it just stands out more. So you want to see the best athletes get their chance in that high pressure environment. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, all right, Chris, we, we got to talk about the Leafs series. Uh, <laughs> I think this is, uh, I, I, I'm willing to say that, I mean, kind of a kind of a down game five, relatively speaking, because there wasn't a three-goal comeback, although it was a decently competitive game uh, kind of before Freddie Anderson uh, decided to gift um, the, the, uh, the Jackets a goal. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, this was kind of the NHL at its peak. I think it was really interesting, the... I, I mean, you had two, I think, legitimate collapses. And I believe, at least for Columbus, that was kind of stark because right. it's rare I feel like you see a John Tortorella team just play defense that poorly, uh, particularly the last <laughs> four or five minutes. But obviously they come back and look much better, I think, in game five there. But I don't know, like, I guess we're we're without a Toronto team that I still don't know if they were very good or not. Uh, and I think you can kind of <laughs> debate it either way. But I don't know. One, just, I mean, that was an incredible series, right? And two... I mean, just like, I guess we have to talk about Toronto, like what kind of, where are you at on them? And like, was that who they are or just kind of an up and down mediocre team or were they shafted or like kind of, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, uh, for anyone that follows me on Twitter at Yolo Pinato, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the Leafs take up a, a, a disproportionate amount of the time that I spend arguing with people on Twitter. Um, and I think, I know why that is. you know, as I mentioned <laughs> before, I like the team, I like the general talent level of the team. I don't like how the talent is distributed. And I think a lot of focus is on the blue line. Um, you know, there's some, crit- you know, criticism of Freddie Anderson, which is a, a consistent one of mine. Uh, you know, as uh, as Adam knows very well, I'm very skeptical of any goaltender. Uh, Brayden Hopey uh, <laughs> has not been safe uh, from those critiques as well. But I think <laughs> I, th- I think you're in friendly company here, actually, with Brayden Hopey critiques. By well, the way. yes, but this was this was right after uh, he won the the uh, the Vesna. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> I, 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 yes, knew, <laughs> I, I, I knew them before they uh, I knew them before they were big. Uh, 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 but. <laughs> Uh, when it, yeah, when it comes to Toronto, so I think the it, if I were to break it down to three issues, so I think one, I think Frederick Anderson is a good but serviceable goalie. I think his uh, regular season stats have been inflated by the fact that the Leafs give up so many shots 
that, you know, a lot of them are just sort of, you know, to the outside. The, the issue is you get a lot of to the outside and a lot of good quality shots. And I think a player like Frederick Anderson, when at least are playing against a team that, you know, doesn't have, you know, great finishing talent, you know, you can sort of puff up those, uh, those same numbers. Uh, but against teams that can do a better job of finishing those opportunities, uh, those same numbers don't necessarily uh, come out in the wash in the playoffs. And so uh, I haven't looked it up since yesterday, but uh, I think over the past uh, four or five years, we look at it on a per shot basis. Uh, I think Frederick Anderson and Andrew uh, Vasilevsky have been the uh, two worst goalies in the league um, by far on, on a per shot basis in the playoffs. And so obviously, you know, playoffs are small sample size, all of that stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't think he is a anchor of a Stanley Cup winning team. And with at least defensive issues, which are well noted at this point in time, you can't have both. Or at least like the Blackhawks, who you know, as they trended towards a more offense only team and didn't really play defense. Always had a guy like Corey Crawford, most recently like Robin Leonard, sure. uh, even the Stars as they started to transition from that running gun outfit to a more defensive minded team like they are now. You know, you had a, a Ben Bishop and a, a Kudobin in the sort of uh, in the net, and so I don't think that Frederick Anderson supports the way that the Leafs play. I think like either they need a better goaltender or better defense in front of them, uh, and without either one of those, they are likely to. Even if they would have made it past Columbus, I don't think the team was good enough to get past Boston or Tampa Bay or, you know, whoever's coming out the West. And so I think, yes, they would have been primed for maybe a, a little bit of a run, but I just think the teams that made it further in the playoffs were just frankly better than them this year. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Tavares was a bad contract. I, I said that from day one. Um, <laughs> I don't think that trading Nazem Kadri, even with his on-ice issues, was the right move. I, uh, everybody's out on the Tyson Berry trade now because it didn't work out, but I don't think trading uh, cost-controlled centers that can put up 50 points a year really makes sense to get a defenseman with noted defensive issues on a team that already has that sort of template of player and a better version of it than Morgan Riley. So I I just don't think the team was put well together, um, but not necessarily for the reasons that everybody is harping on. And I'm just frankly, like, happy that the Leafs fans can shut up and go back into the (laughs) hole they were in for the past five years before they drafted Austin Matthews. So it works out for everyone. Living in Columbus, I can say this, that, uh, that the Jackets fans are definitely a little bit quieter than these fans. <laughs> a little bit more humble, all six of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, much That's more enjoyable for everybody else in hockey. Uh, all right, Adam, so, um, so one of the uh, – there was a certain tweet that uh, we, we talked about a little before about uh, the league is minus um, McDavid and Sidney Crosby, <laughs> which uh, as Caps fans I think we're pretty happy about. Uh, but, but although we might be really unhappy very shortly if uh, the uh, – we're, as we're recording this, they're doing the draft lottery, I believe, right now. Um, so we might be really unhappy with this soon. But, uh, but without McDavid, Matthews, and Crosby um, – does that matter that we're without some of our big stars? Should we care? I mean, I think it's it's Ryan Lambert says typically that the NHL is a very kind of fan oriented. You root for your team, and that and then once you're kind of that's it. And so it's rare you have people like us that kind of just talk about all this series. But does, should the NHL care that they're without some of their stars for this playoffs? Uh, I think they definitely care a little bit. I mean, it's not like the. I mean, hockey is not like the NBA where you have this kind of superstar talent that transcends the sport, right? Um, you know, LeBron James before that, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all these guys that win, you know, if, if you watched the kind of the Last Dance documentary, they talk about how like a global phenomenon, these guys and um, 
part of that's because they play so many, such a larger percentage of games, right? An individual player is such a, so much of a larger impact. Versus in hockey, even the best forwards are only going to play, you know, about a third of the game. Um, so it, it, it's, do people tune in to watch superstars? I, I think yes, when they watch other superstars, like when they're playing other superstars, right? Like people are more likely to watch a kind of McDavid versus Matthews or McDavid versus Crosby matchup than, you know, McDavid versus somebody else if it's just a regular game for Connor McDavid. But um, I, I, I think the league would care about stuff like that, actually. I think, um, but I, I don't think it has as big of an impact on ratings in the NHL as it does in other sports. Yeah, I mean, Chris, when, when I think of this question, I kind of compare NHL players, which when they're not not protesting, which they are not, you know, showing massive amounts of insensitivity towards race issues, which we've talked ad nauseum about, um, it seems like they are maybe the most dull people in the planet. Um, I and, and so I don't know. I like I struggle with this question because yeah, like I mean, minus Crosby, obviously minus McDavid, those are some of the best players. But it just seems like kind of NHL players in general are such a personalityless blob that. I, I, I don't know. I struggle with this question. Kind of where, where are you on, on does this matter or not? I mean, yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, you know, I think the NHL, well, obviously we prefer their biggest stars, particularly like Toronto uh, being there. I mean, this was half of sure. the reason they invited Chicago and Montreal to teams <laughs> that had no business being there. Uh, I mean, and uh, and then know, they advanced, too. And they advanced, yeah. And so I'm sure that, you know, if – Heaven forbid the the Blackhawks get to the Stanley Cup Finals in October or whenever it's played. It's definitely going to be an outdoor game. Uh, uh, you know, all types of social distancing rules will be broken. Um, the ratings will be through the roof. Uh, and so I think there was some business incentive to get as many big stars on this platform as possible. Uh, I'll say in terms of me actually watching the game, yeah, no, I, I don't think it makes a difference. I mean, as exciting as a player as Conor McDavid is, you know, unlike, as, as Adam said, in the NBA, you know, I can see LeBron James deciding I'm going to score right now or mm-hmm. deciding I'm going to play the next 15 minutes and, and go for 50 points or something like that. Economy uh, David, you know, even his greatness is in, you know, you know, spurts. And so watching a full 60 minute game to get maybe, you know, 30 seconds of greatness from Conor McDavid, because that's how quickly he can score. I mean, obviously it's interesting, but it's not really why I watch hockey. It's, it's yeah. more the collective, you know, a deep team when you see a team like Columbus play which does not have any superstars but to be able to appreciate a guy like Nick Foligno or Liam Fowdy or whatever and them playing collectively well as a whole that was more exciting to me than the individual talents of any of the Maple Leafs and at least in that series but yeah. that's also another reason just to talk shit about them so, okay. <laughs> so wait, can we backtrack real fast on that game I want to talk about a little bit about game five for that. okay Go for I want to make sure everyone else is on I want to I want to know if you guys are where I am on this Great. <laughs> like the Maple Leafs, were clearly, they were clearly the better team in that game, right? Like, is there? There's no. Is, is, do you guys disagree with that statement, or like, in my mind, it was not a close game in chances. It was not. Uh, it was goaltending that made the difference in that individual game. Yeah. I would, I would, yeah. I think I would agree. Okay. Because um, that seemed to be like a hot take last night. For, for, for <laughs> what replies I was um, getting on my timeline. We, we do have some news to break into this podcast. Breaking oh, no. news in a podcast that uh, I guess will be released later. So whatever. Um, <laughs> we, we do have a first round pick. Um, let's. All right, have you guys not seen Twitter yet? I have not. Just oh, take okay. a guess. Why not? 
Uh, I'm hoping for a boring team like Nashville. But okay. I'm, That's a good one. I'm assuming it is a team that I don't want to win, like Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, Adam, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll frame it like this. Cause I think Chris answered my question in a smarter way than, than I posed it. Uh, which team would you like to win the lottery? Uh, I probably would have wanted like the wild probably. Sure. Or Winnipeg. Okay. You're, I'm, I'm excited to be able to break this news to you on a podcast. <laughs> no, uh, I, the first I, I overall pick will be the New York Rangers. Oh God! No, no! This this is like literally the nightmare scenario I've been worrying about all day. I've been spending all all day kowtowing to uh, Rangers fans who think Jeff Gordon is like the greatest thing on uh, since sliced bread, and I'm like, this rebuild is a sham. And somehow they keep lucking into winning the lottery, are coming close to it. And yeah, uh, this is like the worst thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Adam, I'm not thrilled with this as a cap stand either because, like, I mean, they, they, I mean, they're gonna get Alexis Lafreniere. Obviously, uh, this is gonna make them annoying. I think in a couple of years, huh? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, the real question is how is is, is Caco Capo Caco gonna come along, or is he kind of he didn't yeah. seem to light the world on fire this year. Um, I, I think they still need some more depth, and Artemi Panarin can only do so much. So, uh, yeah. do I think? I mean, the Rangers are in a pretty good spot for having done what I truly believe was a not well-executed rebuild. I mean, they were the team that sent out a letter to their fans saying that they were going to do a rebuild and then went out, I think, a year later and spent a huge, huge amount of money uh, yeah. to start talent. I, I don't think I've ever seen a more uh, quick attempt at a, at a rebuild. But, hey, I mean, maybe... maybe Fate smiled upon them. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, oh boy, that Jacob Truba contract does not look great right now. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, okay. We're 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 17 minutes in, so we, we have to talk about these series because uh, I don't want to keep you guys here for too long uh, on this lovely Monday night. Uh, so let's. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna try to do some podcasting magic here and try to combine a couple of questions into one. So we're gonna talk about capsules to start, but. I kind of want to frame this because I think the big question, at least as a Cavs fan, I have animating this series is, do we care about these round robin games in terms of predicting performance? And just what do they matter at all or not? And so I guess, Chris, you, you kind of got to watch both of these games. Like, at least to me, these round robin games have seemed kind of at times unwatchable <laughs> and at times yeah. not. Um, I don't know. Like, do you, how much do you buy whether a team was playing well in the round robin or not? So I'm of two minds of this. So quickly, you know, I think one, like what was the incentive to really like go go all in for it? You know, your fate is decided by three games. Uh, yeah. Home ice advantage really doesn't mean anything in this situation. Uh, you know, you're sort of determining, I guess, who you played in the playoffs. But I don't think that's as critical, especially since they're reseeding uh, yes. after every round anyway. So you can't really determine who's in, in, in your playoff uh, bracket as well. Uh, so I don't think teams were really all that pressed to go all in for, you know, the number one seed. Uh, with that being said, I, and I think this probably applies even more to the Bruins, uh, You, I, I don't think there's an off switch on an off switch in hockey like there is for basketball where someone like LeBron could be like, oh, I'm going to do low management or X, Y, and Z and, and sort of take some plays off, uh, but I know I'm a better team and we can make it up in the end. Uh, uh, hockey's a too random of a sport for that. 
uh, you can always run into a hot goaltender. Uh, the Caps fans know that more uh, better than the other <laughs> franchise. So, uh, it's a little triggering so, there, but yeah. yeah, I agree. yeah exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so with that being said, I, I, I wouldn't look too much into it. I think the quality of the teams will come through. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think any series that has been played so far uh, has been a massive upset in terms of what we expected from the teams, maybe except the Pittsburgh one. I don't think there's been a massive upset in terms of the teams didn't play all that well in the regular season and it sort of came to roost later on. But uh, yeah, I think I think the Cavs should be fine. We'll see. Okay, um, Adam, uh, we we have a. We finally have our Barry Trotz rematch, which I, I'm sure my uh, very enthusiastic tone is uh, shining through here. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not particularly excited about this series, but I, I do think the Isles are probably a better draw for the Caps than Carolina was. So wh- where are you at on this series? Um, 100% in agreement that I think the Capitals, um, it was important that they won against Boston. Uh in that round robin game, just because they didn't look like a team ready to play Carolina. Um, you know, John Carlson's coming back from an injury. I suppose he is actually coming back and, and took part in an optional practice today. Um, so that, that, that's a good sign. Um, but I, I, I just don't think the Caps matched up well against Carolina. And I think they've got a better chance against the Islanders. You and I have talked about this at length. I, I struggle to look at the Islanders and, and, and see a team that the Capitals should lose to if they're not playing, um, you know, their best hockey. I think both teams playing their best, Capitals win. Um, now the question is, will the Capitals play at their best? And Barry Trouts does a good job getting his opponents not to be at their best. So that's going to be kind of the key thing to overcome, and that will be up to Todd Reardon and his coaching staff uh, to come up with reasonable strategies to kind of work around Barry and what he does well. Um, I, I think this series will – definitely be a referendum on uh, Todd Reardon and, and his coaching. Um, and there will be never ending talk about how the Capitals did not retain Barry Trotz. If, if the Caps are unable to kind of win out this series. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much hoping for a Caps win because I'm a Caps fan, but also because I really don't want that narrative either. I'm already sick of it preemptively. Uh, just hearing you say it was, yeah. Um, I don't, Chris like is, it, the Isle, I feel like if the Isles win this series, we kind of have a framework about how that would happen. But oh, I, I guess, like, how how scared should the Capitals be of the Islanders? Are they? I, we we think of them. We think of defense. Are they are, are they a team that could go on a run? Or I mean, I guess any team could. But are they a team you see you see poised to? Or uh, do you kind of see that Florida series as a little bit of just you know kind of blah? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think the Florida the Florida Panthers are good. No, uh, they're not. <laughs> uh, uh, so so yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into that. I mean, I think you know the Islanders have gotten by with smoke and mirrors. I've been to a couple of Islanders games in recent years, and I'm just like, this is the most boring team I've ever seen. Um, Very boring. I mean, obviously, you know, Matt Bar- <laughs> Barzal's a hell of a player. I mean, they have you know Anders Lee, you know Brock Nelson. They have a decent top six, uh, but really outside of, I mean, now their defense is, is pretty deep, you know, like Ryan Pulak, uh, you know, Noah Dobson's coming into his own, but from the, the Caps perspective, I think this is a team they should be. I mean, obviously like they're in the playoffs. This is the, this is the goal of getting there, but I think this is a team that they should not only beat, but, you know, win in six um, because I think outside of, you know, goal, you know, goaltending making, making the big difference uh, they should win. I, I mean, 
Braden Holby obviously has had his struggles this year, as has been the case the past couple of years. But the best way to sort of get that out of the way is just to score a couple of goals. And so, sure. you know, try to dominate the neutral zone, use their speed advantage, use their skill advantage. And obviously, once they get to the power play, you know, make it into a skill game uh, at five on four, uh, really take advantage of those opportunities. If they play, if they try to play the Barry Trotz way without Barry Trotz leading the, the troops, it's not going to work out. So they have to go all in. Uh, and, and lean on their offensive talent to really pull it, pull this one out. But yeah, I would not be scared of the Islanders whatsoever. But that, uh, you know, very trust is good coach. You know that that's what they do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I, I think Chris, I heard you say uh, Isles and six, or not? Sorry, Caps and six. Yeah, right? yeah Caps and six. Yeah. <laughs> Caps and six. Uh, Adam, uh, Adam, where where are you at on this? Uh, give give us some kind of prediction. Um, I think it's gonna be Caps and six. I I, I just. I got a okay. feeling that uh, talent will will win out. Yeah, I I I was actually going to also say Caps in six, but I'm gonna be different. Maybe <laughs> uh, let's say Caps in seven. Uh, I think that I I do think that they're gonna struggle the first game or two because with Bar- I mean the Barry Concert trots coach team, it's you kind of got to make the adjustments with what they're gonna do in the new the neutral zone and all that. I, I, you know, I, I could see the Caps maybe struggling a little early, but I think they'll pick it back up and, and squeak out a win. Um, our next, the next series I want to talk about is, I think, maybe the most interesting series in the East um, between two teams, one of which looked great before the stop and then um, looked terrible in the round robin. And then another team that um, I think was one of the only team to sweep, if I'm not mistaken. Um in the uh, in the uh, so we're talking Bruins and uh, Carolina Hurricanes. This seems like everyone, or at least a lot of the people, are talking about a Carolina upset. Chris, kind of where are you at on this series? Yeah, I mean, Carolina's really good. I mean, they're obviously a team I've been uh, very supportive of. They have two of my sons, uh, Andre Sveshnikov uh, <laughs> and, and Dougie Hamilton. Uh, yep. I, I'm not sure what what Hamilton's uh, status is for the series. I wasn't sure if he was back yet or not because I think he was out. Some of the yeah, games he last- is. I think he's going to still be out if I'm not mistaken. Got it. Yeah. So okay. I think I mean I, yeah, I think Dougie Hamilton's a hell of a player. He was a Norris Trophy you know, candidate uh, to start out the year. Uh, I think where what's interesting to this to me about this series, obviously you have the perfection line uh, versus the sort of overall depth of Carolina. I think their top line doesn't really get enough credit. Sebastian Ajo is a hell of a player. If <laughs> if you played in Toronto or any other market, you know, you'd be talking about him as a potential Hart Trophy candidate. Same thing with uh, Special Calls. So sure. I think uh, just the overall depth of the lineup, uh, they play a system and a style that I think translates well to the playoffs. You know, they play the pluck possession game. Uh, which, you know, you're not as reliant on shooting luck. Obviously, they have not had the best uh, luck in terms of shooting, uh, <laughs> finishing ability in recent years, although that's improved. Obviously, the biggest question is in the net. Yes. You know, Peter Morazic did not necessarily set the world on fire, even uh, even in the qualifying round. Uh, and so can they hold up? And I think, like, without Hamilton, you know, with Boston sort of, for the most part, going to all cylinders, although they didn't look good in the play-in rounds either, it, you know, it's hard for me to pick them for the upset. Uh, I would say, you know, maybe they take it to six or seven. But, you know, outside of, you know, just something going crazy, I think Boston just has too much uh, firepower to, to yeah. get through. Um, Chris, I do I do want to interject real quick. Uh, Dougie Hamilton actually w- is potentially going to be back on Tuesday, although who knows how many minutes he'll play. So uh, if you want to revise, that's okay. But I, <laughs> I feel like you're kind of – you seem like – you seem kind of locked into the – 
Bruins in six and seven or six or seven range. Yeah, I mean, eighty, you know, seventy, eighty percent of Dougie Hamilton is better than like, like seventy five percent of uh, NHL caliber defensemen. Yes. Uh, but, but with that being said, you know, I think it, it, I, it, this is probably like one of the best matchups you'll see in the playoffs, uh, regardless of the round. Um, and so, unless you know Rob Brendamore has you know some tricks up his sleeve in terms of deployment, I, I just really don't see how uh, how they can score enough to keep up with Boston. Yeah. Um, Adam, where, where are you at on this? You know, it's interesting because this is a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals right from last year. And um, Carolina's uh, maybe, maybe they're just a team that doesn't do amazing in the regular season. And uh, But, uh, you know, I've long believed that teams are not able to flip a switch. Um, and Boston just did not look good in round robin. And again, it might not really matter. But they probably played one good period of hockey in that entire in that entire stretch of games, and that was the third period against the Caps. Um, so it, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tight series. I think Carolina played meaningful hockey and they dominated uh, during it. So I actually think Carolina is going to win this thing in seven. Uh, <laughs> some of this looks a little off of Boston. Yeah, I'm going to do the classic uh, classic uh, prognostication special, which is to pick a team in seven and then say, well, if the other team won, I was smart because I had it that it was going to be close, yada, yada. I'm going to say uh, Boston in seven. Um, I, I I do think that there are, I, I, you know, I think that, again, Carolina looks great right now, and I, I'm going to be curious to see how Dougie Hamilton looks, uh, but... I just I think Boston has a little bit more in terms of uh, kind of goaltending, and I think Tukaraski have a decent series. And I think that you talk about goaltending struggles, and uh, with Carolina, I think kind of Boston with the perfection line is in a unique position to really take advantage of that. So I'm going to be interested to see how that works, see how Boston's depth is, which is kind of always a perpetual question with the Bruins. But uh, I think they're going to kind of ride that out and eke out a win. Um, so the next series, um, I guess let's get Flyers and, and Montreal over with, because I think for me, this is a pretty clear series. Uh, I, unless you want to, unless Chris, you want to believe that Carey Price is going to be elite elite again for seven games, which maybe he will be. Uh, that's not out of question. To me, like, I, I'm, I, I don't know, kind of curious your thoughts on this series, though. I mean, yeah, I think obviously Montreal played well in a little bit of other heads last series, uh, especially Carey Price, who has not been the Carey Price of old for four or five years now. Yes. Um, and so I don't, <laughs> I don't expect that to continue. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Nick Suzuki obviously was one of the stars of, uh, of that playing round. Um, I think he'll continue to play well. Uh, Brandon Gallagher is one of the most underrated players in the league, uh, you know, and so I think. You look around the the Montreal lineup; they have you know talent here and there. You know, I think Philadelphia is a, a pretty deep team. Uh, I don't, you know, they do have some big name guys in Claude Giroux, you know, Jacob Voracek. Uh, you know, it, even Provorov gets a lot of pub, mainly from the media. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I'm not as sold on, on the Flyers. I know they look really good uh, in the regular season, and particularly in the playing round. I'm not really sold on them. You know, I think Carter Hart is going to be. Uh, one of the league's top goalies, I don't think he's quite there yet. And so, you know, I won't say I wish I wish Montreal had just had a little bit more if they still have like Max uh, Pacioretty or whatever, uh, you know, a little bit more finishing talent. I would pick them for the upset. But I think it's going to be a harder series uh, than Philadelphia's expecting. So I'll, I'll take Philly in six. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also, I think, going to take Philly in six. So, Adam, you're going to be on the press to do something different here. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with you that I, they do have, um, Carol, or not Carolina, um, Montreal does have some kind of spots of talent. Uh, and I, I too was impressed by Nick Suzuki in the first round. I think he looked great. Obviously you got Shea Weber there. He's, he's in, he's going to be a veteran player. I'm, I'm not sure he's a great matchup against the Flyers though, because the Flyers have a decent amount of speed and all that. But I, I, I just, I think the Flyers are a little more complete of a team and they are playing well right now. And so I think I also have the Flyers in six. So uh, Adam, kind of where are you at on this series? Uh, probably Flyers in five. I, I just don't think Montreal is very good. There you go. I agreed. Uh, so uh, the final series we're going to talk about uh, is a series that I think we're all interested in. Um, it's uh, <laughs> at least in the East Coast. I am very interested in this series because uh, I might be seeing a lot of uh, socially distanced and not socially distanced, unfortunately, uh, jacket stands around uh, my neighborhood. Uh, but I am kind of interested in this Jackets Bolt series. You got kind of a contrasting styles here. You have the Jackets, which survived a wild you know, uh, five-game series against Mont- or against Toronto. I, I, Chris, kind of where are you at on this series? Do we think the Jackets could go, uh, like, kind of upset round two here? Are you already sick of that storyline? <laughs> like, kind of where are you at on this series? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if, if last year didn't happen, I mean, I would probably be uh, – yeah, this is a hard series to pick. I mean, I think – the two things that concern me about Tampa Bay, obviously, you know, still pretty decent regular season, you know, start off slow. The two things, you know, looking at models and metrics, like, you know, not really impressed with what their defense did, did this year. I, you know, I think a lot of fun obviously goes to Victor Hedman, you know, Ryan McDonough played well last year, but the fact that you have to sign Zap Bogosian basically off the street, uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, build up your back end uh, is not promising. And then, obviously, as we talked about in the Freddie Anderson segment of, of the show, uh, uh, the guy right below him in terms of playoff uh, performance of the past couple of years has been Andre Vasilevsky. So I could really see, like, last year happening again. Obviously, I, I wouldn't see a 4 uh, 0 sweep, uh, but you can definitely see a scenario where Columbus shuts down the high powered offense again and becomes a defensive struggle. And then it, it's, a, it's a matter of, like, can your goalie actually stand up to the pressure? Uh, and so I would say. I'm going to go Tampa in seven, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, I, I I think it will be a – it's either going to be Tampa 4-0 four, four or Tampa yeah. 7 in between. It, it kind of feels like that, doesn't it? Like we're either looking at a really quick – which, I mean, we said like that last year the idea of that, you know, Columbus would sweep them is unfathomable. So, you know, of course it happened in very hockey fashion. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by this series. Adam, kind of where, where are you at on Jackets Bolts? Uh, you know, I think if Hedman wasn't hurt, I'd feel much better about this if I was Tampa. Um, I, I think Tampa's got a great roster. I think that, you know, as, as even though Vasilevsky struggled at times in the playoffs, I think about, you know, I, I remember in 2018, he was really the only reason that the Bolts were, were, were up at all in that series when they were up three games to two. He stole a few games in Washington and, um, He's he's great in the regular season. Uh, again, I, I'm not. I don't have the numbers in front of me. So I, I I look at him as a guy who can play well, but maybe he's like Bobrovsky and not always good in the playoffs. Um, I, I still think Tampa's got what it takes to, to start to advance. I mean, they they keep knocking on the door. Um, it's kind of like picking the Capitals like three or four years ago, right? Like at some point they have to finally get over. The hump. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Tampa in five. All right. Um, I will I will conclude this, and then we're gonna take a break. Uh, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna go bold here because why not? Um, I think that they're I think that the Jackets are gonna play. Warinsky and Jones like a million minutes and at, at some point that's gonna not work but I, I I think Pierre-Luc Dubois has turned himself into a legit you know maybe number one center or something kind of in that ballpark um I really I I kind of I'm I'm curious to see obviously uh Tampa's gonna be probably without Victor Hedman and Stamkos I I look at a team and I'm I I give me give me the jackets at six uh I <laughs> I think that, yeah, I, this is bold, and I'm probably going to be, it's probably going to be wrong, and I'm going to be stupid, but it's fine. Uh, and if it's right, then I get to proclaim I'm a genius. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's the way this always works, right? So, all right, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and then on the other side, I'm going to get to ask Chris about the uh, the uh, Knights and Hawks matchup, um, and uh, a couple other things, so uh, keep, stay tuned. Welcome back to J. Prisoner Radio, still here with uh, Chris and Adam, so... I guess, Adam, let's start with you, um, and, and then, because we're going to let Chris talk about this series plenty, but uh, I guess Knights and, or uh, Vegas Golden Knights versus the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, seems like a pretty obvious disparity of talent, but uh, I, just uh, real quick, would, do you think the Hawks uh, have any shot in this series? Uh, no. No, I don't. <laughs> well, they don't call uh, them the best co-hosts for nothing. As much in hockey as hockey can the amount that any team can have no chance in hockey is still like 25% chance. Like, yeah. So let me be clear. <laughs> they, they still have like a 25% chance of winning. Cause that's just how hockey works. <laughs> but, uh, I, I just don't, don't see it happening. you know, th- three out of four times, I think they lose this series in a short amount of games. I, I, I just, I think Vegas is too much for them. Um, Chicago's just, uh, I, I think they're a pretty man, like meh team. And, um, for, frankly, I, I wish we were seeing a different team in that matchup. So, um, yeah. <laughs> bit, bit of a bummer. So, so, do, so do we all? I think it's fair to say. Um, so, uh, Chris, Chris, I know that, that you were uh, saying that uh, the the Chicago Blackhawks advanced despite your best intentions. Um, yes. So, uh, are are you? I mean, obviously, Vegas is kind of loaded up and down the lineup. Uh, kind of, kind of, where are you at on this series, though? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. It's, it's rough for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, obviously, we did get a chance at the number one pick. Uh, this is probably means Sam Bowman is not going anywhere for another couple of years because they made a playoff run. Uh, we're not going to go into a rebuild. Uh, so it's all about the Blackhawks. Uh, obviously, Vegas is a, a wonderful team. I mean, I think, if anything, and this is one of the things I, I continuously harp on, uh, is the value of not having bad contracts uh, on your roster. Uh, I really don't care about talent uh, as much in the NHL per se. I just think it's important to have, uh, you know, one through 20 as many NHL caliber players as possible. And I think Vegas is a walking embodiment of that. And so yes. when you have uh, the league's like third fastest team by my motto versus the league's slowest team, uh, that's always going to uh, not uh, <laughs> on the score sheet. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I view this as a bloodbath. Um, I would be surprised if this goes past five. So yeah, I'm taking Vegas in five. Yeah, I uh, I'll go I'll go Vegas in four. I think this is a this is a blowout. I I mean we say that of course, and then something's weird's gonna happen here. But I I mean, the good thing I think if you're Vegas too is having two. 
I guess more like one and a half really good NHL caliber goaltenders and Robin Lanner and uh, Marc-Andre Frolleri. It kind of, if one of them goes bad, like you, you got at least a little more options. But I just think Vegas is too fast. They play way, way better defense than people think they do. And they're, they're, they're really, really deep and very good. So give me, uh, give me Vegas in four. Um, the next series on my list is, I guess, kind of a contrast in styles between watchable hockey and <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, first talking about the Colorado Avalanche and the Arizona Coyotes. And I feel like for this, it's kind of like the Flyers Habs in that if there's an upset, I think we all kind of at least have a pretty good idea of how that would happen. And that's Darcy Kemper kind of going above and beyond what we think could happen. And if you look at some of the, uh, shot share metrics of the Nashville, uh, Arizona series, that seems to have been what happened there. Uh, do I, I don't know, Chris, do, do we think Darcy Kemper can do this again, or are the Avalanche a little too fast and too deep? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I think the one benefit for for Arizona and Darcy Kemper is that, like, Arizona knows who they are, and they know that they suck, and so therefore, <laughs> uh, uh, that sort of may help, you know, you're they're not going to be a team that is going to take, uh, you know, chances, uh, sort of pinching up the boards or whatever, because they know that's not how they're going to win the hockey game, and so from a from a systemic structure uh, standpoint, you know, I think Arizona knows they only can win by playing one way. That's slowing the game down, uh, uh, you know, getting physical, getting rough, uh, doing that stuff. And so I can see that happening. Uh, but I still think, you know, Columbus is, uh, sorry, uh, Colorado's too deep. Uh, you know, obviously the top line's amazing. Uh, I think the depth additions that they made this year, uh, Nishuskin, uh Kadri, as we talked about earlier, um, you know, uh, with you know, Kel McCarr and uh, Ryan Graves, you know, I just think uh, Colorado's too fast, too deep, uh, and they'll get through in six. Yeah. Um, Adam, uh, thoughts thoughts on the Avalanche and the Coyotes, and give us your pick. I mean, I'm never going to bet against uh, Andre Burakovsky in the that playoffs. Is, yeah, <laughs> you, you can't give it up, Adam. You just can't. You know, Mr. Game 7, uh, uh, the, the, hey, that's the second true. coming, you know, he, but... Uh, no, I, I think Colorado def- definitely should win this series. Uh, you know, goaltending could play an interesting role. Um, it seems like Colorado's kind of had flip-flop, flip-flop between Grubauer and, oh, man, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Who, who's their other goalie? Oh, uh, it has a Frank Hoos? I'm not going to bet against you. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> but uh, I, I think Colorado's just a, a, a great team, and they're fun to watch, and um, – I hope to see them do well. I like watching uh, talented teams, and I think that they, they're they playing Arizona much like how I kind of look at Columbus plays a pretty stale brand of hockey, and um, I, I'd like to see the more talented team win. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, so I think, I, on I this, think Adam. Colorado six. I just realized I just said what I want to happen, not what I thought was going <laughs> to happen. Yeah, so uh, we watch – three un, 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 unwatchable games and then hopefully the Avalanche do do well and enough of other games to, to do well. So I think I'm also with the Avalanche here. I, I, I agree with everything you guys said about really just wanting more talent and skill. And then obviously Arizona is not going to bring that to the table as much as Colorado will. Uh, I, I do think that obviously Darcy Kemper is really good and Arizona, there's something to kind of just knowing that you don't have a ton of pure skill although Arizona has a little bit I guess obviously with Taylor Taylor Hall and uh I guess Phil Kessel but um 
I, I yeah, I just think Colorado's a little too much here, and uh, I give me them in five. I think that this should be hopefully. A, I, I'm hoping this is a quick series because I really would like to see Colorado advance. Um, also, another series that's kind of a contrast in styles uh, between, although flip flop in terms of favorite versus not favorite for this. Um, Dallas Stars, uh, they uh, them of uh, great goaltending and decent defense and all of that versus Calgary, uh, which I think is entertaining, if nothing else. Right. So uh, I guess, Chris, kind of where are you at on uh, Dallas Calgary? Uh, who's supposed to be the favorite in that series? <laughs> What's up? Uh, the Dallas Stars and Calgary Flames. No, I'm saying who's supposed to be the favorite. Dallas is, oh, I don't know who the betting odds favorite. But Dallas, Dallas is like the, is the, is the round robin. I guess that's fair. I guess this is kind of a coin flip. But I, Dallas, obviously the, uh, the round robin team. So I guess technically they're the favorite. Although I think both of us are, at least I, I kind of have this in my head as a pretty, pretty coin flippy series. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously Dallas, you know, has had great goals in the past couple of years. Actually, very weird that they were able to maintain that with, even with the coaching, coaching change in terms of, their defensive identity um, with Jim Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I actually like a lot of Dallas's players. You know, Dennis Guriana, for whatever reason, is like a star on my model. Um, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, Sagan and, and Ben are decent. Uh, Corey Perry sucked this year, which is obviously great. Uh, yep. uh, but Couldn't happen to a better guy. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I'm kind of down on their on, on their defense a little bit. I don't, I don't think John Klingberg had, had a year to write home about. Um uh, and, you know, Issa Lindell's been talked about for years. I don't really know what he brings to the table. And so, you know, while I think they do play low event hockey, I don't necessarily think it's good defensive hockey. And those are two different things in my in my book. And I think, sure. you know, at the end of the day, I think uh, Calgary has, you know, just more forward talent and, you know, enough to get by on the back end. Obviously, the, the question is in goal. Uh, but I think they have enough to get by on the back end to, to take this in five. I think yeah. I... I you know, I, I just don't really. I'm not all that impressed by Dallas, uh, uh, to be honest. Yeah, Adam, uh, thoughts on the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames? I think it's going to be a tough series. Um, it, it looks like Dallas is slightly favored, betting odds. Um, there you go. But bringing, just, bringing the good research to the Japers Rink Radio podcast here. Well, Google's a magical thing. There you but, go. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Gosh, guys, I, it's hard for me to – Dallas just has been such an underwhelming team now, it feels like, for a couple of years, right? They had that epic collapse uh, last year, wasn't it, where they just had to go on this incredible run of losing not to make the playoffs. And uh, I thought they looked okay, but not great in round-robin play. Um, I actually think that Calgary is going to pull this one off in seven. I think that they're, they're, they're one of those teams that I think ha- has that truculence. You know, Brian Burke might not be there anymore, but they, they play that – kind of Boston Bruins, heavy style of hockey. Um, you know, they don't have the skill that Boston has on it. You know, there's no Pasternak or anything like that. But but I think they're a good team. And uh, I think Johnny Goudreau has got got a lot of skill and, and could help that team kind of go far. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. But I, I think I've got Calgary in seven, but I do think it will be a very close series. Yeah, I, I think I have Calgary in six here, too. Uh, we, we're, we're agreeing a decent amount, I feel like, on these. But uh, I... Um, I, I just think that, I, I mean, the thing I was looking at in the opening round series, again, Calgary beating a Winnipeg team that they very much should have beat and did, uh, with how does Cam Talbot look? I think he looked fine. And uh, I think Calgary, I like their forward depth, like you guys have said. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, 
I could kind of see them going nuts on the power play, maybe, and that being a, an edge here. So I'm going to take Calgary in, in six. And uh, I guess, Chris, we're going to wrap up with a series that I think is one of the more interesting ones on the West Coast because I, I almost kind of feel maybe not a changing of the guard type series, but something I'm intrigued to watch because the St. Louis Blues, I think kind of low-key did not look great this year before the pause, and didn't look great after either. Um, and then Vancouver, who is kind of an interesting team. They got a lot of kind of young, dynamic players. Obviously, Quinn Hughes, uh, someone who I got to watch in college, and he's really good. Uh, I don't know. Kind of, kind of where are you at on Blues Canucks? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I think the Blues, you know, I think they are a deep team. Uh, you know, once I – once again, I, I harp on contracts, and I really fear for them. <laughs> they give yeah. uh, Petrangelo a massive, uh, you know, eight-year contract uh, this year. I mean, I think they already uh, sort of blew, uh, yeah, messed up with uh, get, uh, trading for Justin Falk and giving him that uh, extension. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think this is really probably uh, St. Louis's sort of last uh, hurrah at it, uh, and that's kind of hard to say about the defending champs. Who, you know, I think you know did well in terms of standings, but didn't look great in terms of doing it. Uh, and so I actually am pretty optimistic about Vancouver winning this series. I think this is a good matchup for them. I don't think Vancouver is necessarily a good team per se. Um, and I don't really like a lot of their team building decisions. Uh, but in terms of just the style of play that they have, obviously, with uh, Patterson um, and Quinn Hughes, you know, I just think they have some speed and talent up and down the lineup that can give the Blues problems. Uh, and, it, you know, I think they – may not be exactly even in goal, but I think it's close enough for us to push. And so, yeah, I'll probably take uh, Vancouver in six. All right, Adam, are you going to take the defending champs or the kind of upstart but flawed but interesting Vancouver Canucks? You know, it's uh, it's an interesting question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Vancouver is interesting because – Markstrom has been really good for them in net, and he was at one point the top-ranked goaltending prospect in the entire NHL. Uh, as hard as that, that, I mean that, but that was years and years ago now. And I'm just, I don't know, guys. There's something about Vancouver that I just don't love. But it's the same thing with St. Louis. Uh, you know, you guys really put the hit the nail on the head on that one. They, Chris, Chris especially, uh, the term. They didn't look good doing it. Is kind of how I sum up the St. Louis. <laughs> it just, it was just kind of this nonstop, just kind of. Eh. Um, kind of feels like I, the Caps last year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can, I can see that. I, I mean, the the Capitals finally hit their, in their hangover kind of ness of, of of the of last season. They kind of hit their stride though at the end of the season, right? And they were they were kind of really looking good prior to the injury to Michael Kempney and I just don't think St. Louis maybe they didn't have that chance because of the pause but they don't look like a team that's that's coming ready to play um so I I think it will go I think it'll be a long series I I think St. Louis will win in seven but it's they're they're gonna do their their best to let Vancouver have a real shot at this so yeah we'll see how it goes um yeah I I'm like I'm of two minds of this because I do think that if you're the defending Stanley Cup champs, you're going to be uniquely terrible in round robin games because you have seen important hockey and played it. And don't. I, although I, I kind of agree with what you guys are saying about the like turning it on and off isn't really a thing. And frankly, the Blues haven't turned it on all season, even though they've looked 
enough. They've done enough to kind of piece put themselves in this position. Give me Vancouver in. I'm going to go Vancouver in five. Uh, just a little aggressive of a pick here. I think that I say the Blues have some goaltending issues, and I think they look flat and probably don't care too much because they won the Stanley Cup last year and they're probably fine for a while. So uh, I think Vancouver's interesting. I think they can play Quinn Hughes a lot. I like their power play a lot. Give me give me them in a little bit aggressive of a five pick. So um, I guess Chris to kind of wrap up. Um, we have you have you announced the Stanley Cup pick? Kind of where where are you? Uh, if if you had to pick a cup team, what would be your team now? Maybe uh, <laughs> <laughs> putting you on I the mean, spot. Yeah, I wish you would have asked me like a week ago when all these like contenders didn't look so crappy. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I would probably say it's hard. Uh, I I would probably say my cup finals what. Philadelphia and Colorado and I'll give Colorado the edge in, in winning it. I think, you know, I think they're right at that peak of sort of the, the young team up and coming. I know the past couple of years have been sort of veteran teams uh, uh, getting it through, but I think um, the young team, the reason why the young team formula used to work is because you had a lot of depth, uh, a lot of your best players signed to under market contracts. Yeah. Um, and and it, that's exactly what Colorado has in Nathan McKinnon. Um, and, and Landeskog, uh, ran in his contract track, not so much, but uh, uh, you had a lot of your depth uh, locked up in, in contracts uh, that allowed you to to get those deeper players. And so having the Kadri, having the Chuskin, you know, uh, having the Ryan Graves, uh, all those other players, uh, I think will make a difference in, uh, in the later rounds and uh, with the speed and talent that they have, especially on the back end, you know, I think they can pull it out. There you go. All right, Adam, uh, give, give us your uh, cup final and pick. <laughs> uh, Caveat being actually, that make no, the pick I, and you can totally guess. Like, and if it, if it comes out, you're a genius. If not, we'll forget it. No, I just wish you had gone to me first because I was going to go Philly, Colorado. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 you can. I, That's okay. I mean, I, I really think that Philly, they're just – First off, Elaine Vigneault teams, don't they, in the, like, his first year always make it to the Stanley Cup final? Isn't that, like, a thing? True. It, yes. Yeah, so that, that, that that's one thing going for them. Not that that actually matters. <laughs> but they just look like a team playing amazing hockey right now. Uh, so I, I feel pretty good about them coming out of the East. Um, obviously, there are teams that can compete with them. Uh, Boston or Carolina or Washington. Maybe Tampa if Tampa's healthy enough. Um, so I'm gonna, but Philly in the East, in the West, I actually do think this one's gonna be either Colorado or Vegas. I, I just think that they're the class of the of the conference and they're they're better than everybody else. Um, but Co- Colorado especially for the exact reasons that Chris mentioned. I mean, cost controlled contracts, um, j- j- just just a well built team. Um, and I think I actually think that Philly is going to win the Stanley Cup. So I guess I'll go with Philly. Oh, that sounds awful, but okay. Um, fair. I mean, I, I can't really argue with it. But this is a Washington Capitals podcast. I'm going to pick the Washington Capitals to at least make the finals. And I'm going to say they're going to they're going to lose to Vegas in a rematch. So there we go. That's that's my bold pick. All right, I I came through with one bold pick at least. Um, that's even worse. That, I'd rather they not make it to the final than lose to Vegas. I think. 
know. Vegas is fine. Like I, I would know. I, here, I would. It would be so much worse if the Capitals lost to Carolina, like in, so, in, somewhere so, in the but, East. Greg, if you're gonna pick the Capitals to make it to the dance, don't you want to pick them to to make it all the way to win? Ah, uh, you're you're goading me on, but I'll do it. All right, fine. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the Washington Capitals to beat the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a little more difficult than 08, or than 18, 18. Uh, kind of kind of disintegrating at the end here a little bit. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. All right, fine. You, you goaded me there, Adam. You got me there. All right, give me the Caps over Vegas in seven. And if all this right, happens, I, I, I like I'm it. gonna be so obnoxious about this. But if it doesn't, then we're gonna forget it, and I might burn this tape, even though there all is right. no tape. But I, whatever. I mean, fine. if it works out and the Caps win, I'll just say that. I told you to make that pick. So that's, that's <laughs> if it doesn't work out, I will never mention it again. So uh, it will. It's, it's really a win-win. So, so, so we're in this together, I guess, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's uh, our destinies are intertwined. I'm I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, all right. So uh, with that, I think we're gonna we're gonna call a wrap to this uh, winding but interesting edition of Japers Bank Radio. Uh, Chris, uh, where can people find your stuff? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I was supposed to have some stuff for Hockey Grass, but I think I did my one uh, article per year quota, uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I think I'm bit, good though. What was What was your time. article about? Because it was really good. I really recommend yeah. your article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just quickly, uh, so I talked about uh, uh, racial bias in drafting and development, uh, just thinking about the pipeline of a young hockey player uh, uh, up until, you know, when they become a pro sort of what are the barriers, uh, systemic and otherwise, that exist uh, for that to happen. And so it did a really uh, really thorough deep dive, talked to a lot of ex-players and, and current, like, scouts and so on and so forth to understand how it works. Uh, so that's all posted up on Hockey Graphs. Um, I have some stuff coming out about the playoffs and sort of matchups and, you know, best you know the best ways to deploy your teams. Uh, we'll see if that gets done in any reasonable amount of time. Uh, but other than that, uh, you can find me at on Twitter at Yolo Pinato underscore between uh, Yolo and Pinato uh, with the O at the end, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, where where I'm at. There you go. And Adam, uh, you've been more active. Where can uh, people find your uh, various musings? Um, you can always read great content on JaspersRank.com, <laughs> which may or may not include my writings. But uh, <laughs> recently, I have been tweeting more. I'm getting back into. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but having this amount of hockey, maybe I'd need like a booster, you know, like when you just gotta, <laughs> gotta like have all of the hockey all the time. So it, it, it's good to be back and, and zero back in on this stuff. So, um, give me a follow on Twitter at Stringham a, uh, I will try to entertain. There you go. <laughs> you, you've done a good job. I mean, you've, uh, you've made fun of a couple of my takes, which was actually very fair because they deserve to be made fun of. Um, and you can find my takes at, on Twitter at Greg Y underscore JR. And uh, you can find my stuff at Japers Rank. And uh, I will have something tomorrow, actually, uh, previewing a certain player, the New York Islanders, that uh, will remain nameless as of now, but it might be Devon Taves. Actually, because I think he's interesting. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you can find my stuff at Japers Rank. And uh, Chris and uh, Adam, it was great, great having you both be all on. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's do this again sometime. Sounds good, Matt. Yeah, it's always fun. <laughs>